Uh, did you know that Barazza is owned by Breville? I don't know why I didn't know that. I'm not surprised. Did you know that Barazza used to be part of Starbucks? I did not know that either. That yeah, history? they were the equipment arm for Starbucks, and then Starbucks splintered them off. Huh, interesting. I don't know if they sold directly to Breville or how, how that split happened, but uh, Barazza used to be the in-house Starbucks brand of coffee brewing equipment. At least I, I think so. Huh, I'll Google it. We'll find out. Yeah. Speaking of Googling, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Coffee Smarter, hosted by me, Ryan Wolt of Roast West Coast. Uh, this is the show where we try to help you, the people who are listening, anyone who's reading our newsletter, uh, which you can find at coffeesmarterpodcast.com, make a better cup of coffee. I'm joined by Chris O'Brien. He's the founder and head roaster of Coffee Cycle Roasting in San Diego, California. Chris is smarter than he looks. And I mean that with all sincerity. Uh, you can find um, find out more about Chris, find out more about Coffee Cycle, and order their coffee, which is the most important thing because you will not regret it, from coffeecycleroasting.com. Hey, Chris, welcome back. Uh, say hello to everyone and tell us what we're learning about today. It's a follow-up. Hello to everyone. I'm glad you can't see how less <laughs> smart I look than I am. Uh He's wearing glasses. I don't know what else you need to know about. Those him. are words. You wear glasses too sometimes at night when you're driving. Uh, they just have clear glass in them. It's for style, fashion. Oh, you hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that were the case. You ride a bicycle and have a coffee podcast. You're definitely a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely truth in that. I said I was asking you what we we're going to learn about, but I'm just going to tell you. Uh, we we had an episode last time where we talked about manual espresso makers and kind of what's important with the pressure and the uh, and the valves and the whole thing. You should listen to that. We ran out of time before we were able to talk about buying an automatic or a machine espresso maker for at home and maybe some of the things you should look for or not look for. Uh, so that's what I'm asking Chris about today. Chris, you mentioned something to me. Uh, in between shows that we could talk about, which was all in ones, I didn't know what that meant. So, if you could describe oh. that and uh, let everyone else know and and what it is and why we should care about it. Yeah, well, you know, people love to you know try to save some some money of from going out. You know, it's like it's nice to cook at home, and they do the same thing for coffee. Uh, and people get kind of hooked on these on these cafe beverages, lattes, espressos, cappuccinos, all that good stuff. And so they think, oh, well, you know, I'll make it at home and. In a lot of ways, there's a lot of similarity between, you know, cooking at home and making home coffee, uh, even cafe style coffee, because one, it's nice to have the right equipment. And two, there's, you know, a certain learning curve and learning how to prepare it. Well, it's a pretty nice thing in this day and age when you can buy a thing that just takes care of a lot of that for you. Uh, I'm a recent purchaser of a robot vacuum for my house and I love this thing um, because it vacuums for me but the all-in-one espresso machine is a very popular style because it does everything all in one and the main things that it does is it grinds the coffee it brews it into an espresso and you have the capability of steaming milk and a lot of the time these all-in-ones will have lots of features like you can set it to automatically froth your milk like a cappuccino instead of a latte. Maybe automatic grind adjustment or things like that that try to make it a little bit easier for you to use. They'll have a tamp built into the 
espresso machine itself. So you don't have to have a separate thing off to the side of the machine. And, you know, as a professional barista for a long time, it's easy for me to see that this is some inherent flaws. I totally respect the design behind it because it's very, very cool to put all that into one package and, and consumers want it. <laughs> I know that, you know, holiday season, which is not too far behind us, you know, that's a very popular item. Uh, it's a big ticket item, a very popular item. What I usually tell people if they're thinking about getting a home machine, if they have the wherewithal to ask my advice beforehand, is that the most important thing to make a really high quality espresso is the grinder. Uh, the grinder will determine the quality of the coffee that comes out of the espresso machine. Most home espresso machines, which range from, you know, 500 bucks to many thousands, they pretty much do the same thing. They produce about nine bars of pressure of water coming through a screen, you know, so it showers it evenly on the grounds and pushes it through some finely ground coffee. So if you spend 500 bucks or you spend 2000 bucks, the water's still coming out at nine bars through a screen. It's, it's the same, more or less. So we can talk a little bit about what those, what those differences are. But ultimately, the, the quality of the, the coffee that comes out isn't usually as dependent on the machine as it is on the grinder. And when you have an all-in-one espresso machine and grinder, you're stuck with whatever quality of grounds that all-in-one is producing. And as a consumer, it's nice to have some faith that they've done a good job with that grinder. Um, but I, I don't have quite that same level of faith as someone that's kind of with you actually dug a little deeper into the range of qualities that grinders can offer. So doing your research on the components, it's not just one piece here. You're, you're really buying four pieces of equipment built into one machine, right? Like a robot that'll eventually, you know, you'll bow down to, you know, at, <laughs> at the moment of reckoning the way Chris will with his robot vacuum. <laughs> but you have to make sure that each of those, like the company that's making them has to be good at all four of those things, or they have to partner with people who are good at all four of those things. Right. Generally, I don't recommend all-in-ones because the grinder gets dismissed. In okay. that so let's, let's skip that all-in-one and just talk about the automatic home machine, you know, the countertop espresso machine. What are some things people should be looking for when they're, when they're researching, when they're going online to buy? Because as you mentioned, big ticket item, they're yep. probably not just doing it, you know, winging it as they walk through a store somewhere. They're probably finding it first. Totally. So I think, you know, it breaks down to a couple things. You know, longevity is obviously a good one. Um, and you're just going to have to research your own on what, how long these things are going to last. If you give them good water, really good water to your espresso machine, it will last longer. But there's certainly some companies that make machines that are more easily repairable. And if you're trying to find machines that are more easily repairable, one, you can look at some bigger brands, but more importantly, I think, is you can look at machines that are sometimes modified. If you can modify a machine, you can probably repair it. Uh, the people that are spending their efforts to mod machines are also not going to give up on the machine once it starts having problems and therefore they're repairable. Which I really what do like. You, when you say modify, what do you mean? Do you mean like a company that's modifying or individuals that are modifying and talking about it online? There are a lot of really passionate 
home coffee people. And in some ways, they drive our industry forward. And those are the people that modify espresso machines. So there's two main types of espresso machine as far as how the heat is controlled um, before it comes in contact with the coffee. Because you have this kind of boiler inside that's got 250 degree water in it, you know, above boiling water at pressure. And then you have to brew the coffee with it and you want to control the temperature of, of that water before it hits the coffee. So the two styles are PID, which is, I can't think of what it stands for right off the top of my mind, but it's basically a digital control over that temperature, very much more accurate than the other one, which is a heat exchanger. And a heat exchanger isn't necessarily a bad thing. I've brewed on many heat exchanger machines and had great results. It's just sort of a, a lower tech version. And coffee nerds love to have PID control, the digital control over the temperature in their espresso machine. So you can either buy a machine that already has a PID, or you can buy a lower end machine that's a heat exchanger and modify it to have a PID. You can modify it to add a shot timer in with your coffee. You can modify it to have a low pressure at the beginning and then raise pressure afterwards. So these are different modifications that people sometimes do to some of the espresso machines. And sometimes they're, they're higher end machines that have mod kits available for sale. And some of it is sort of a, a home modification that's sort of been researched by the general internet community of home coffee nerds. What if I'm listening though, and I'm not a tech person, I just want to buy a machine that'll yeah. make a shot or a cappuccino or something for me, you know, then what, what do I, what am I looking for in, in that? Like, what are those basics? And okay. I'm saying that because I am that person. Totally. So I'm not recommending that you modify your machine, but I think if you find a machine that other people are modifying, that base machine is going to have a repairability that will give it longevity. Right. So that's a good thing to look for just at the beginning. Yeah. And I will say that I've recently experienced this where I've had equipment that I wish I could have repaired, but when it died, there just was no options for me that were reasonable. The cost to repair was so far beyond my capability and the price was extrapolated out beyond just replacing that those products ended up in the trash and that just was super depressing. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, you know, again, a problem I have with all-in-ones and things like that is that if you try to wrap up the package too tightly with a bow and make it all so perfect like that on its own, a lot of the time it's once, once it breaks, it's catastrophic and it's just useless. It's kind of forced op obsolescence type of thing. So back to my question is simplifying that answer for somebody listening looking for machinery that could be repaired if needed. Yep. Yep. And what else are they looking for? For your own preference, dual boiler versus single boiler is something that people often will encounter as they're looking for espresso machines. And really all that is, is are you waiting between making your espresso and steaming your milk? So if you're drinking a lot of straight espresso, you don't need to worry about it. You can just go for the simpler single boiler. If you don't mind waiting a little bit, if you don't need your milk to be perfect, Single boiler, no problem. A dual boiler will have a boiler that's dedicated just for steam and a boiler that's dedicated for the espresso so that you can steam and make shots at the same time or steam and make shots one after the other. And that's purely a personal preference and convenience thing. So, yeah, I think those are like the two main things to really look for is that longevity and repair style. 
Also, we talked about in our last episode about manual machines. Does it have a pressurized portafilter or not? Um, if you don't have a very, very good grinder, you want the pressurized portafilter to sort of fake your espresso and just make something that's, that's decent. Those are becoming less and less popular, so it's not something you need to look for too much, I don't think. Well, you don't want to accidentally, as you're trying to find the lower end of espresso machines, stumble into the extra low end with the pressurized portafilter. <laughs> Uh, I noticed you didn't mention what I think is the most important thing, which is how cool it looks on the countertop. But mm. you know, that's a whole other thing. Aesthetically, everyone's going to have their own opinion. Chris, I appreciate uh, <laughs> you breaking that. I mean, it really is like is. I pick a lot of my books that I read based on the covers. I might not make it all the way through. Cover is not going to drag me to the end of it. But the hope is that you look beyond just the appearance and say, okay, can I fix this? Or if I can't, can somebody, so I don't just have to throw it away. And then what am I looking for in the convenience of the heat exchanger? I think it's kind of like when I hit the kettle and it boils and then I fill it up again, how long does it take to, uh, on a simple scale to reheat so I can brew something, a bigger batch or something. I think that uh, is, is really helpful. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again uh, about something else that has nothing to do with espresso. Ooh, I, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> hey there, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee Smarter, the second of our two-part pod on espresso at home. If you missed the first one on manually brewing an espresso, go find that, and more importantly, sign up for the newsletter on coffeesmarterpodcast.com. That way you won't miss any more episodes. So, is it possible to make a good espresso at home? As we've said before, with enough money, all things are possible, but not guaranteed. As a reminder, espresso means brewed with pressure, and an espresso machine is pushing water up against finely ground coffee to create that pressure. If you're buying equipment off the shelf, you'll find a bunch of different options, including straight single-shot espresso machines, single and dual boiler machines, and all-in-ones, which include the grinder, brewer, and steam wand, all-in-one. Chris is less enthused about those machines simply because it isn't often that a company is excellent at doing more than one thing. If the brewer portion of the device is excellent, they may have tried to save money on the boiler, or the grinder, and vice versa or just not had the right expertise. So if you're looking at an all-in-one machine, be sure to research how they built each component. As you're searching, you'll come across single versus dual boiler machines. That is exactly what it sounds like, either one or two boilers for heating water. A dual boiler will have a much shorter refractory period, enabling you to pull shots faster, or pull a shot and then steam your milk right away. If you're pulling a single shot for yourself every day, you may not need to put out that extra money. Before investing, and an espresso machine is an investment, think about how you plan to use it. Will you be making steamed milk drinks like lattes or cappuccinos, or slurping a straight shot? I'll also note that as you go up in price, you'll find a lot more bells and whistles, even built-in machines that become part of your kitchen or home coffee bar that can make drinks at the push of a button. With those bells and whistles come more opportunity for wear and tear to take a toll. You want to know what's going on inside the machine. 
Chris recommended looking for machines that you can fix. If they have replaceable parts, service options, or if other coffee people are modifying the machines, you're more likely to be able to fix a problem instead of falling prey to planned obsolescence and the machine becoming a paperweight. Finally, Chris said it as a throwaway line, but I found it to be really important. Good water will make your machine last longer by preventing scaling or buildup, which can impact not just the taste of your final coffee, but the pressure being produced and the longevity of the machine itself. Learning basic maintenance techniques and how to clean your machine is going to help you a lot too. Thanks to everyone out there for listening and reading the newsletter on coffeesmarterpodcast.com. You, you're the reason we keep doing this. And also because we've fallen down the rabbit hole and we can't get out. And we're trying to pull you down there with us. If you're out there really appreciating this podcast over a cup of coffee, we could use your support. Help the show grow by signing up as a paid monthly subscriber or buy us a cup of coffee. You'll find links in the show notes. Thanks for being part of the craft coffee community that enables us to keep airing these podcasts and sharing our love of all things coffee. Thank you. And a shout out to Chris O'Brien of Coffee Cycle Roasting, which you can find online at coffeecycleroasting.com, for appearing as a guest expert on Coffee Smarter. If you're in San Diego, you can stop by his shop in Pacific Beach. It's a special place. Thank you for partnering with the Roast West Coast Coffee Network, Chris. And thank you to the rest of our industry partners who support our efforts to share coffee education with the world, including Roastar Coffee Packaging. They are the presenting sponsor of our Coffee People and Coffee Smarter Pro podcasts. They're the packaging company that tell the big stories of your small business, and you can find them at Roastar.com. Also, thank you to Ignite Coffee Company, Marea Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee Importers, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Moster Coffee Company, Steady State Coffee Roasting, San Franciscan Roaster Company, Crossings Coffee, Asento Coffee Roasters, Camp Coffee Company, Civets Roasting Machines, First Light Coffee Whiskey, Hasea Coffee Source, and Ascend Coffee Roasters. This show is part of the Roast West Coast Coffee Network. And this episode is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee smarter. <laughs>